0: Welcome to the Remarkable Life Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Karin. But today, it's my birthday, and I have a special guest who I don't really know that well, which is part of the specialness of it, um, who's going to interview me. So we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe she does. I don't. Uh, (laughs) And we're going to see where we end up as just a fun experiment in in just turning the direction of the mic around. So Jen, thank you for being here and for being willing to do this experiment with me.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. So uh, just a quick intro about me. I'm Jen Liddy. I am a brand message strategist and a content strategist. And I work with people who don't really love to be in the spotlight themselves. So something that I'm really good at is like, pulling the magic out of people so that they can be seen in their business without having to feel like it's a 24 seven commercial about them. So I thought that was really fun that I wound up being the person who's doing this for you. But I think that everybody should know why you wanted to do this format.
0: Oh yeah. Before we get too far into it. (laughs) So the reason I wanted to do it like this is I think last year I did a birthday episode and I kind of did a review. The podcast had been going for a while and I just reflected a lot on like what has been and my thoughts on things. But what I'm pretty clear about is I don't share very much about me. And I don't think to do it very often. I don't think it's like, you know, like I'm not built for it in a way. And I know it's important for people when they want to, learn from somebody, work with someone, do transformation, which is vulnerable work with someone. It's really nice to know, like, is this my person? Like, can I trust this lady? Yes. (laughs) So I think it's, I think it's important to remember to not only show you all what's going on behind the stage, like behind the scenes when I'm coaching people, like we've been doing those episodes, but also for you to really know who I am and what I care about and whatever Jen's going to pull out of me today.
1: Um, On my end, the mailman has just come. So if you're hearing the dog bark in the background, that's what's happening. It will go away shortly. Perfect. Um, What I wonder is when you're one-on-one with people or you've been invited to uh, open up or share something, is that easy for you? Or is is this like, I don't think to let people know about me, something that's kind of across the board.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think it's easy for me. I think I am oftentimes the person who's listening and asking questions. And that's, I mean, I became a coach because I am a coach, not because I was like, oh, I'll go learn how to do that and become this career. It's like, well, who am I and what would fit me? And I was like, oh, it's, it's called life coaching. And of course that was 15 plus years ago. That was 2007. No, it was 2004. Wow, And I was like, oh, I want to be a life coach. And I could find Tony Robbins. And a few years later, I found Martha Beck, but it was like, well, I know of these two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so- really
1: interesting. Cause that's 20 years ago now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: how, what I wonder, one of the things I was really interested to know is because I have been coached by you and you are such a natural coach. You're a patient coach. You're not rushing anybody along. You're really letting them sit. You let like, let me sit in my stuff and Mm -hmm. like figured it out. Uh, so it's obviously very natural to you, but I was curious about what was before you decided to step into entrepreneurship. And then I asked why life coaching and you kind of already Mm -hmm. answered that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I came out of, undergrad and I went on a trip to Spain with these three guys who were friends of mine and when I got there it was just like what am I gonna do I remember the plane took off from like somewhere in Minnesota the stop in the middle <laughs> and I, it, I called it the affliction and I was like all over in the internet cafes before we had internet on our phones and I was go. <laughs> we didn't even have google I was probably yahoo searching <laughs> um and I was like, okay, I'm a life coach. I'm going to be a life coach. That's what this is called. That's what this thing in me is called. And it was like, that's unregulated. We don't know what that is. So so how old are you at the time? What is, what's, what's, this 20, is very like. 22.
1: Okay. So you're like having this aha at 22 and like going renegade and being like, I'm going to figure this out, even though I can't really find a lot of people who are already doing it. There's no pathway forward. Right. You're just like, I know in my soul, this is what I want to do.
0: Yeah. This is who I am. It's what it felt like. Wow. I, this is me. This, like mm. I had, I had that felt experience of like, like it was grounding and energizing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can like, I can be fully expressed and this is what it's called. And then I was like, but actually it's not regulated. So maybe I should go become a therapist. <laughs> so is that what you did? I did. I got my master's and somewhere along the line, I decided, I think it was in a family um, therapy class. I was like, I'm not going to be a therapist. I'm going to be a great therapist. So I got all confused (laughs) about what I was here to do. And I did that work for a year and a half. And then it took me going on a six month long honeymoon. We went like around the world and it wasn't until the second to the last country. I was like, wait a minute. I'm, this isn't fair for my clients and this isn't fair for me. I'm not a, I'm not a therapist. I'm a coach.
1: What were you feeling that, how did you elucidate the difference in your, in your own self?
0: Yeah. I felt as a therapist and even as someone traveling and away from the work and away from the charting and the diagnosing and all that stuff, I was, um, it was holding me down. It was constricting. Mm. I was trying to get the books, like what's going to make me, what's going to make this stick. And I had that feeling like looking at other like the gals I went to school with it seems like they know something I don't know it seemed like maybe they got something in Mm -hmm. undergraduate that they're like pretty into this or like they have something figured out that I don't have figured out but the thing was is like I didn't have the call to be a therapist it wasn't in me
1: but at this point you're still in your 20s right
0: yeah so this is pre-grad school so I'm probably 23 maybe
1: just can't believe that at 23, you have this incredibly deep, profound, mature sense of knowing. Cause like when I was 23, I was running around New York city, like getting drunk and deciding, you know, who, who to try to be friends with and how to like social climb. And yeah, (laughs) I was like, I feel like this is not a typical I'm 23 trying to find myself story.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was still doing the getting drunk thing, but (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what was different. It was really though, like it was an affliction and it was like, if I don't get this figured out, life won't feel right. I had Mm. to go and get it. So were the people closest
1: to you supportive of this? Yeah. This shift, this move?
0: Yeah, I remember my grandma bought me the book. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it was a book that Henry Kimsey House and his sister, I believe, out, and it's the book that Coaches Training Institute does. And she got me that. Um, and I read wow. it and I was like, Yes, like it was like, You are speaking to me, this is the thing, you know. <laughs> so, then also- how did go ahead? I'm I'll- sorry. Also, my mom said, Who wants a 23 year old life coach? <laughs> That's a weird which-, which is why I went and got my master's. And I'm so thankful I did, but in, in the moment, it was like. Pss- <laughs> like they're yes. gonna let out of the tire.
1: Yes. So you at least had that gravitas with the masters in yeah. was it counseling or therapy? Is that what you yeah, got Yeah, counseling in? psychology. Okay. Wow. So then how do you turn it into a business? Because again, you're still only in your 20s. Yeah. And and nobody else is really doing this. And the online coaching industry is still years to come.
0: Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it was so hard in the beginning no to kidding? make a website. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I think I went into coach training at, it was after my wedding. So this was like 2010, early 2010. Okay. Came on. came back from that six month long honeymoon, went straight into training, like two hours later after I landed and it was amazing. And I loved it. And it was like all, all the, uh, alignment in the world Mm -hmm. and And then it was like, okay, I got to make this work. And we had just moved to a new town. So I went back up and met my husband where he had rented us a place. And it was just like, let's figure it out. It was a lot of bootstrapping. Mm -hmm. And I did who even knows how many hundred um, sessions with people, just free sessions to Mm -hmm. do the wheel of life with them and see if they wanted to do any coaching to get where they wanted to go. I did a lot of that. And then the first kind of extra certification I did was with intuitive eating. And then mm. that opened the door to some other work. And, um, but it was, I mean, that time of my life was the both like the most fulfilling and magical, but also the hardest because we had, I remember every month it was like, we would come back down to zero. Like <laughs> we never went into debt, but we always got like just to zero.
1: <clears throat> yeah. How did you navigate that?
0: I learned how to cook beans. Okay. I sold some gold. I met a guy <laughs> nice. at a networking event who had a jewelry store and I was like, my gold. I remember, gold? That.
1: I remember <laughs> that being a thing.
0: Yeah. In the mid teens. So I did whatever I could. And then okay. eventually we moved to the, an hour away to this city where we live now. And I met a gal. We had moved in with her into this huge house. Um and she was like you're kind of an extrovert. Like, do you want to do something? I saw this job posting, there's a new brewery opening up. And I was just like, yes, (laughs) I needed, I needed more. I needed people. Mm -hmm. And so I did that three days a week. And then I ended up becoming a GM for that business. So, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so the coaching went from being the main thing to always this thing on the side until Mm -hmm. my daughter was born. Then it was like, I have to, this can't be a hobby at all anymore. This has to be the thing.
1: How do you think coaching shows up in other places for you? Because it's obviously like, you're obviously intuitive. You're obviously so highly self-aware and confident. I like, these are the things I'm just gleaning from the story that you're telling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't imagine that being the GM was like soul satisfying. So did you like weave coaching into it in some way, in, like secret ways?
0: Well, I had clients and I kept sending my newsletter throughout that whole time. Okay. So that was probably part of it. And the other part was just the humans and the connection like yeah. i ended up getting poached from that job to my next job which was program management
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they found out i had a master's in counseling they were like wait a minute you remembered my name like you're okay. exactly who we need for this job and once they said that it was like oh, i'm ready to get out of restaurants so luckily that <laughs> all worked out and and i think i was there for like four years But, but always with the business, always growing it, always attending the webinars and Mm -hmm. getting B school, thinking it was going to be the thing that made it work. Oh my
1: God. I remember that.
0: Remember those days when B school was it?
1: I remember sitting in bed. I'm in my first business, which was a fitness studio and my husband it's his own business and he was successful. And I'm like, you know what? I just need this B-School thing. I just need to buy it. I know it's going to change my life if I just buy it. And he's like, you don't need B-School. You don't need B-School. And then I had a best friend who bought it and she never got out of module one, but I remember. That's like where the I'm moment-
0: at. I'm on module one too. <laughs> You're still on module one. And I'm like, oh my God, the B-School like belief that that was yeah. the thing. It was the magic. She had all the magic that yes. we all needed.
1: Yes, that is so good. Yeah. So once you had your daughter and you were like, I need to go into this full time. Um, I would love to know how like things morphed for you at that point because, like, this constant growth, this constant attending to it, then having a child, baby, plus a partner, plus a probably a home to take care of, and now you're mm-hmm. trying to grow your business. I would love to hear like how did you? Because ha- you seem like a very chill person. Um, you, you know what you want. You're very clear, (laughs) right? But as a project, as like, we're both human design projectors, I know that we really have to attend to our energy and that we tend to be like really good teachers, really good systems people. And so we can tend to burn out. Mm So I'm wondering at this moment when you're like, I'm going all in and I have a child and I have a husband and I have a house and now I'm trying to grow a business. I would, I'm just curious. What, what did that
0: look like for you? I think first I should say I'm still recovering from that time oh, wow. Right. Mm -hmm. And my daughter is eight and a half. Wow. But it's more like an emotional energetic recovery than like a physical. Mm -hmm. That might not be true. It might be all the things, but I like was so far back there. I lost the question, but I remember it was like, I'm the agreement I made with myself is I'm going to keep my job until I lose money staying. Mm hmm. And I pushed that a little bit far and then I gave a six month, um, exit. So trained my person and, and spent a lot of time on my way out. And that was great because it was a job. I loved working with people who I loved, doing work. That was really great. So it was hard to leave, right? Everything in your system is like, this is a bad idea, but also everything else in my system was like, you got to get out of there. Um, so it was hard because everything was going great. That's such a good and change needed to happen.
1: And right.
0: Yeah. So I I got out of the job sometime around January, this time of year, I think it's been five years now. Mm. And I kept expecting to recover, like, and then I'll have more energy and maybe then I'll have more energy. And it just never really came back. And that's because I had burnt myself out. I'd been, you know, I wrote a book before I left my job. So I was getting up at like 5 a.m. and I was parenting and, you know, we breastfed for like 16 months or something. So that's a lot. And it was just like everything all at once. And then, you know, my body just needed a long time to recover. And what I still kind of deal with today is something I've talked to you a little bit about, which is how do we remain energetically open for business at times where we don't feel like we have the energy with. The knowledge in ourselves of what it can feel like to overwork and burn Mm -hmm. ourselves out. So I think that's the kind of the vulnerability that I'm leaning into now, which is like, how do I stay open and go, go big in the way I want to Mm -hmm. and know what could happen and not let it like do it a different way.
1: I'm so curious to hear what burnout was like
0: for you. What did it look like? Good question um, I think my body stopped working as well. Like thyroid stuff was a part of it. I have an autoimmune with that. And just like, there's never enough sleep in the world and losing some of the, um, ability to like, just do it. Like I was Mm -hmm. pretty good at like driving pretty hard and trusting myself that I could show up and do anything I decided to do. And, I don't have as much of that as I used to have.
1: Mm -hmm. That's part of an identity shift too. That's a really hard place to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a big identity shift. Like I grew up um, on a small Island where everybody works really hard and I was a commercial fisherman and I was an athlete and a big part of my identity growing up was being really strong, being the best man on the boat as the woman Mm -hmm. and cooking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So. I I knew a lot and I gained a lot of status and success by using my physical body to the limit. And I just, I I actually can't do that anymore and have the life that I have right now.
1: For a lot of women I'm talking to, there's this moment of like, and I'm having it myself that the place we got to was done through kind of muscling through, white knuckling, doing, 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 crossing things off. And that's how we achieved the first yeah, part of our success. <clears throat> and I know that I'm seeing out in the world, and there's books about it that it doesn't, that's actually not like how people who really experience success get there. And there's this letting go and there's this ease and there's this like being, not doing, which I have like personally been on this journey for two years and I'm still figuring it out. It's so this identity shift of, um, I have to do to get to the next level is Mm -hmm. I find like, it's, it's a journey. It's not like, it hasn't been a moment for me. I'm wondering where you are in your journey of this, like turning the ship around almost.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a phrase I say a lot. Like it takes a (laughs) really long time to turn the boat. And I mean, I've worked on (laughs) some boats and it takes way longer to turn your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it's more like we've we got a huge barge behind us. We have to be mm-hmm. very careful so we don't get overrun with our own lives. Mm. Yeah, so what was the question? I lost it. The question
1: is, <laughs> so how, how have you been navigating that turning of the ship? What does that look like for you now?
0: Yeah. I think allowing for my top value of spaciousness. Okay. So I have an unwillingness to overbook. Mm -hmm. at this stage. And that only leaves space. I wouldn't even say that helps me recover. It just leaves enough space to do what needs to happen. Right. Mm
1: -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. So recovery and rest is something that gets booked in on top of that. And I'm getting better at that.
1: When you say leaving spaciousness for enough, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not more than just enough, does that mean saying no to some invitations that you might've felt obligated to do before? How does that work with not only yourself, but also having a family and a community?
0: Mm-hmm. I think the pandemic in some ways really helped with that because it was like, everything was turned off. Yeah. And that was good for me. I actually worked way too much in the beginning. Cause we were all like, ah, what's happening. So right. I took on way too much work at the beginning, but it, Then it kind of slowly rolled from there. And I feel like it just taught me a lot and got me out of a lot of habits that didn't work. And so now I'm just in the place of like, what's the, what's the right balance for me? What's the people talk about the 80, 20, but I'm more interested in the 95, five, like what's what's the five, the 5% I can do to create 95% of the results. Hmm. Yeah. I think if we're looking for that, it's like the potency there is more what's going to work for my system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: how have you had to um I don't know if I have the right word here uh I could say get in alignment but that's not exactly what I'm saying like what have you how have you had to justify it with yourself or what kind of conversations have you had
0: to have with yourself as you shift into this different identity I think um permission is a big one Mm. so like permission to rest permission to not sit here in the seat all day long (laughs) <laughs> um not and just all good keep doing things. and keep doing I keep doing yeah permission to not care about some stuff mm-hmm. permission to be smaller than i was before not me but my business that that one yes. took a while like the last two years i've generated half the amount of revenue that i did one year And I did that on purpose, Mm -hmm. but it's still, there's a lot of like, oh, like what will people think? Or is that even okay? I hear a lot of people talking about growing every year, but I didn't want to like, I made 600 more dollars this year or in 2023 than 2022. And my goal was to stay the same. Mm -hmm. So I think that was pretty on point and Mm -hmm. it felt good. And there was a lot of spaciousness and I'm building a home in my backyard and that takes a lot of energy, a lot of creative energy. Yeah. So
1: how have you, uh, there's this thing that, um, I used to do, which was fitting my life around my business. Mm -hmm. And now I see that I have to make this shift. And I'm hearing you talk about this too, to building your business around the life that you want to have. How, how does that fit in with what you're talking about? Yeah. What does a day look like for you now?
0: I mean, I think the thing is about deciding and then being intentional first, Mm -hmm. because if I don't decide what's important, then everything just fills in and I'm just sort of constantly doing mediocre work. Like it's not like I have really powerful time and then off time. It's like, I'll just drag everything throughout all the time. Yes. So I think intention about what's happening has been really helpful and just why things are happening. Like, okay, so you have social media, but why do you have social media? What does social media do for you? What's the point of it? Why do you open the app? Why would you open an app?
1: That intentionality. Yeah. So permission, intentionality, like I'm hearing that really woven in. Perm- yeah. um, what's your what's your relationship to boundaries and how is has that needed to change or have you always had strong boundaries?
0: I don't know that I've always had strong boundaries, but I think... I have a really strong presence. And so I don't usually have to use boundaries very much. Mm -hmm. Like some, I've had people tell me that I'm a little bit scary. (laughs) Right. That's what I'm like. Right. Right. I'm not like people aren't walking all over me Mm -hmm. or inviting me to extra stuff. It's like, if, if I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. So I feel like some of that creates less reason for me to have or have to deal with creating those. So maybe they're there, they're just like energetically up a little better.
1: Yeah, like it's almost like just woven into the fabric of who you are and how you're showing up now as your identity has shifted. Yeah, it's not something like you need to constantly be practicing or putting out there. And
0: yeah, it doesn't seem like it. I think if there's anything, it's like, I'm an upholder, like the Gretchen Rubin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So if I hear somebody say something like, Oh, we should go camping next summer. I hear that as a like, okay, we're going camping next summer. I'm going to get the date, the location, <laughs> do it like, right. and I used to just take all that stuff on and not really notice. And then I started to feel a little bit bitter about it. Like yep. how come no one else is planning anything? So I just stopped doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, unless I'm doing it for me, I don't do it anymore. So that's, mm-hmm. that's a clear one. You, you stop picking up
1: like the balls yeah. that other people were putting out there.
0: Yeah. I'm like, if no one else is going to take a step for themselves then I'm going to stop walking for everybody.
1: I yeah. love that. Yeah, that's enormous. Um, I'm, I'm I'm also curious because it's clear you're so highly self-aware. You're so articulate about like how you've shifted and in the intentionality. I would love to know how do your clients describe the magic that they that you bring to the to the relationship in in your coaching.
0: I think some people hire me just because I'm calm. Okay, and like there's a co-regulation factor. I don't know that they would say it in that way at the start, but it's definitely a thing. So Mm -hmm. I will co-regulate with them. And other people come in and they talk about powerful questions. Like, you know, my questions, the thing I hear the most from clients, like every session is, that was a great question. Has anyone Mm -hmm. ever told you you're really good at asking questions? (laughs) So there's those two things. And then the other one is that you can come in and be coached by me and I'm not going to put any cookie cutter on you or like a tool that you use all the time or something like that. Right. Like I had one client call it, like my coaching is really abstract. Mm. And I think that's because they were in a group experience and they were watching me coach everybody alongside of each other. And it's Mm -hmm. absolutely different for every person. And I'll Mm -hmm. pull off to the side and say, Hey, so-and-so, I would not say anything like this to you because of this reason. So don't mm-hmm. take this on as something that you need to be doing. So it's very individual and I think intuitive and for, for yes. the person.
1: I, w- I was just going to use that word in tune, attuned. Yeah. Because that is creating. It's almost taking the safety of a group a coaching program to another level because yeah. people aren't feeling like, Oh, she said that to that person and I need to apply it to me. That's, that's, I think that's an incredible gift that I don't think every coach has.
0: Right. Yeah. Holding the space for a group is definitely a oh, different yeah. animal. And yes, I've had people say that's the best group experience I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, And these are really experienced coaches and mm-hmm. that's why I keep my groups at six to eight people. Yeah. I I don't want it to lack intimacy. And I want every single person to understand that I get your history. I see what you're working on. I'm holding your goal with you and we're both going that way. And I don't want some idea to get in the way of that. Like no shiny objects in the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm curious how far you've come, how much you've shifted, what you've tuned into. What's coming up next for you as we you know, we're entering into this different phase. Astrologically, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening and just, Mm -hmm. um, just like the things that are changing in the world. What do you see for yourself?
0: What I've been seeing, and I feel like it's been this, the turning of the boat stuff Mm -hmm. is I'm being more explicit about the fact that I'm a life coach. Like at a certain point, I was working inside of someone or not. I was a contractor inside someone else's business and they were a sales coach and I'm really good at sales. I have deep understanding. I come from lots of family businesses. I love selling. So that was really fun. I was really kind of in my, in my energy there. And so I got a whole bunch of business coaching clients.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
0: for a while, I had this invitation to be a business coach and I love business. I have a deep respect for what business can be as a healing modality, as a community changer, as a family, um, wealth generation tool. Like I think small business is such an asset to families and to communities. So I'm all about it. Um, but also I'm a life coach Mm -hmm. and letting myself have that. And I do small group coaching with coaches because I've had a lot of coaches come to me for mentoring and coaching and guidance. And I have, um, I think five spots opening up in my group in March. If anybody's listening to this, there's your first invitation. (laughs) Nice. Um, But other than that, I'm really interested in this high level support and coaching for people doing great big work in the world as a life coach with my training and leadership and equity and all the other trainings that I have, um, and letting myself have it and not scaling as a business coach and doing any of that stuff because I'm not interested in it. Yeah. Like I love business, but I'm not interested in scaling online business. Like mm-hmm. I'm really interested in the sweet spot for my clients who want to get from like 50 K to 300 K mm-hmm. and have super sustainable businesses where they can pay themselves well. And, and I understand how all those pieces fit together um, with the individual, but I want to be, you know, an individual life coach as well.
1: So when you say life coach and, and you've also done business coaching, who's the person now that would be perfect to come work with you?
0: Yeah. These are good questions. Cause it's hard for me to tell Yeah, because once I meet someone, I love everybody. So I have this, I have a hard time with this as I think most of us do. Yeah. But what I know for sure is that they're pioneering in some way. Okay. They're the first somebody somewhere, mm. the first person who looks like them, or they're the first person in their family to break from the mold mm-hmm. or they have, they have so much kind of cool stuff going on. So they're, they are remarkable people. They may yeah. not just call gonna... themselves that, yes. but yes. that's yes. what, when I think of like my clients, they're remarkable. They're doing something that other people don't do.
1: Hmm does the coaching help them? So for your people, the coaching could help them internally Mm -hmm. to grow a business or to break patterns in their familial uh, situation or Mm -hmm. get a job they never thought they could have before or be in a relationship, but it's the internal personal work that you like to help with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We do. You and I both love clearing clutter Yes. (laughs) And I think a lot of the work that I do with folks is dismantling the clutter Mm -hmm. that culture and family put on us Mm -hmm. and getting that cleared out of the way. So there can be a more pure experience of who you are, what your strengths are, what your values are, and how you want to express those. So for me, it's how do we increase grace and speed Mm -hmm. for these people?
1: Yeah. One last question I have for you. Okay. With all of the space that you've been making and being really intentional about what your business looks like and what it doesn't, um, what are some of the, uh, well, I wonder how many, how much room there's been for hobbies and play. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm curious how hobbies and play come into your life now that you've been so intentional about making space.
0: Yeah. It's actually sort of like, I wouldn't say it's top On the list right now, like I did my own wheel of life a few years ago. And for me, it was like, oh, my relationship is what I've been putting so much into my business. And we've gotten our kid to be like, what, six years old or whatever. And we're building this house. It's like, we need to work on our relationship. And we've done a lot of cool stuff with that. Now I feel like we're going to get this house finished Mm -hmm. and then it is hobby and play. It's recreation. Mm -hmm. It's traveling more again, which I've put on the back burner since deciding to do this major project. Mm, The house, you mean? Yeah. 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 So for me, it's like, I want to do more stuff outside, more hiking, more backpacking, less car camping, you know, Mm -hmm. just our kid is old enough to do that. And I've been thinking about painting again, but I haven't pulled the trigger on that. Okay. But it's out there. It's, It's in the, in the atmosphere.
1: I love, I love how much you're playing around with what it could look like. Yeah. Is there anything I didn't think to cover or ask that you like, that's on your heart to like, to share with your listeners about you?
0: I think the thing that I say a lot, so hopefully they know this, (laughs) is how much it means to me to get to do this. Yeah. It's like, this is my life. I get to have this because of us together. Mm -hmm. And if y'all didn't show up, then I wouldn't get to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like such a privilege to get to do this.
1: Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. I'm sure they're very grateful for you. Well, thanks for letting me interview you. This was like just a conversation that was so fun that we would have over coffee. I feel yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Karn.
0: Yeah, thanks for thanks for hosting.
1: My pleasure.